What's up, everyone? We are broadcasting live from sunny Southern California on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, the French FM. This is the Jess Rogie Show. I'm Jess Rogie. And if this is your first time here, this is a show where we try to find out more about the reality that we live in. Because, because, guys, there's so much that's been hidden, so much to be discovered. And, you know, this is a show where we discuss fringe topics. Sometimes we have guests. Sometimes we take calls. Sometimes we do both. Sometimes it's me, and sometimes we take calls. And sometimes, I mean, and all the time, right? We have our amazing chat rooms. So let's see, what is today? Today is Tuesday, November 15th into the 16th, depending on where you know where you are. And tonight, we kind of have a chill show planned tonight, you know, though you never know who may call in or who may not call in. I want to thank everyone who's donated to the show this week. I want to say merci beaucoup to Sylvain. He donated to the show this week. Thank you so much. And you you can donate to the show too, or you can buy me a cup of coffee at buymeacoffee.com, search Jess Rogie. And for the price of a cup of coffee, your donations help support the production of the show. This show is crowdfunded by you guys, by listeners like you. So all your support helps keep the show going. And I want to give a shout out to all the amazing patrons. Russ, Barb, Clown Baby, Tommy G, Anthony, and Serge. Thank you all for your help and support, guys. Appreciate it very much. And, you know, guys, if you can't support the show monetarily, there are free ways you can help support the show, too. You can share a post, like a post, repost content, share with a friend. I mean, share it with a friend who may like this content. (laughs) And I want to remind you guys to follow me on social media, The Jess Rogie Show. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and you can check out the website, JessRogie.info. And I don't know if you guys have checked out the new Fringe FM website, Fringe.fm. Joe's been working on it hard. It looks great. 
I have my own show page there. So if you look at live shows, you can click on uh, the Jess Rogie show and it's got a live show page for me and it's got all my info on that page. Looks awesome, guys. And you guys know I love this station so much. You know, the Fringe FM, right? You know, the show's on YouTube too, but the Fringe FM is the home of the show. You know, it's a very special place. It's, you know, it's not only a radio station, an internet radio station. You know, it's a community, it's a family, you know, it's a place where we can openly discuss these topics that we want to discuss. Not like the censorship that, you know, we can face on other platforms like YouTube and whatnot. And, you know, I think that's what, one of the reasons why the Fringe FM is so important, you know, that we're able to kind of talk about these topics and not have to worry about not being able to say what we want to say about them, right? And, you know, if YouTube went down tomorrow, we would always, we always solve the Fringe FM. So if you like this show, the Jess Rogie show, or the other amazing shows on the network, like Troubled Minds, Lighting the Void, Shift Happens, Live Talk, you can help support the station by heading to fringe.fm and clicking on the donations tab there. So guys, tonight we have a lot of chat rooms going. We got the Fringe FM chat room on discord and if you want to join that chat room you can head to fringe.fm and click on the discord invite there looks like a little uh, video game controller and that'll take you right to the fringe fm main hall and there you can chat with other listeners to the radio show some people prefer discord to uh, the uh, youtube chat or alternatively we also have the youtube chat room tonight guys and so let's see who's hanging out in there What's up, everyone? Bonjour, Sylvain. Thank you for hanging out tonight. Brian Whitaker. Hi, Brian. What is up? Dead, how are you? Good to see you, my friend. Good morning, Wally. Let's see who else is here. Hey, Chris Jones. How are you guys doing tonight? <clears throat> Thank you guys so much for hanging out. So last night, right... I thought we had a pretty fun show. We had Mike Ricksecker on, and uh, he'll be coming back again soon, you know. And I was talking to him a little bit about Egypt, and I was like, you know what? I really want to go on one of those Egyptian tours. So, also, I cut the last hour out on YouTube because I'm pretty rambling. So, I figured I'll upload the full episode of the podcast players if you guys missed that episode because I pretty rambled on the second hour there. I thought you guys were going to call in. But I ended up rambling, so I didn't have a lot planned for the second hour. Also, let's see. Ooh, guys, tomorrow night. So what's going on tomorrow night? What's coming up this week? we got a lot of fun stuff coming up this week. Ah, hello, Spooky. Bonjour, Spooky. Good morning. Good morning, guys. So tomorrow not tomorrow morning <laughs> tomorrow night we have uh, chris holm from a conspiracy theory who's joining us to share his experiences with sleep paralysis that's going to be a really interesting show guys so and i believe he's had some like uh entity experiences during the sleep paralysis so that should be pretty interesting and then um let's see and then thursday Thursday, I'm trying to get a guest, but if not, we're going to just do open lines because on Friday, guys, guess who's coming on on Friday? That's right. You're like, who's coming on Friday? Well, we have the man with a voice that is smooth like velvet. He's got a great beard, a smooth voice. Who do you guys think is coming on this Friday? That's right. It's Big Willie. 
Big Willie, he's going to be discussing the mysteries of Lake Michigan. And in the second hour, we're going to be taking your calls. So call in and talk to Big Willie. Ask him questions about the mysteries of Lake Michigan. So what's interesting is we were talking a little bit about it earlier, and he was saying that, you know, there's a triangle up there. And um, last night we talked a little bit with Mike about the triangle up in Alaska. So it's going to be interesting. It's a triangly week, right? Let's see. Chris Jones says the beard, the beard himself is going to be on the show. We are really excited for that. He's super professional. It's going to be a lot of fun. So that's right. Big William Friday guys. Don't forget. And remember to call in. He wants to take your calls. So, you know, what else was I going to talk about? So, uh, Oh, Monday, Monday, I have a um, Monday. I'm planning to do like a little birthday panel. I'm gonna have some surprise guests on, um, hanging out just for my birthday, something fun, something light. And then, uh, yeah, so that's the plan so far. I'm really excited for that. Excuse me, I'm gonna take a sip of my tea here, real quick. In the meantime, I will play this little sound music. Take a sip. second cup of tea. I just love a nice hot cup of tea. And Spooky says, Big Willie, my boy. Christian says, the land of the dogman, uh, the lake's dogman area. I wonder if he, wonder if Big Willie is going to talk about the dogman. But what's interesting too is last night Mike was saying that up in Alaska they have a uh, I don't believe he said shit ton, but maybe something like that, um, of lakes. We're also going to be talking about a lakey area with Big Willie. Ah, oh, my, my Scorpio brother. Scorpio brother Spooky. We have a Scorpio show. We're exiting Scorpio next week. Moving into Sagittarius, too. But you know, always, right? When I get near my birthday, I always do this thing. I sit there and I kind of think, you know... Yes, Dead. I thought it was interesting. Dead brings up an uh, interesting thing about sleep paralysis for me. Everything was different. It's going to be an interesting topic to listen to. I agree because um, I'm trying to, you know, we're trying to hit some of these topics that we haven't really hit in a while or haven't hit at all. So Chris is going to come on and share his experiences with sleep paralysis. As soon as he said that, I was like, yes, come on, talk about it. I'm really excited. So also dead tomorrow, I'm going to open up those phone lines in the second hour. If you want to call in and talk about your sleep paralysis, you're always welcome to. What is up, MJ? Thank you for hanging out. You know what I thought was so cool, right? I was getting a little sad because, you know, I'm not going to lie. You know, this week it's my mom's birthday, right? So I'm getting a little sad. My birthday's next week. We got Thanksgiving next week, and they always say, you know, the first holiday kind of season is pretty hard. So 
I've been kind of going through this thing where I'm like, I gotta, gotta focus, right? I've been sad and it's all in the same damn week, right? Cause it kicks off Thursday and it'll end next Thursday. And I'll be like, okay, now this whole like little section of time is over. But, um, I started to think again, right? And I was like, what do I want to talk about? Where do I want to kind of go now? I have to shift my energy because, you know, as I lost my mom, it shifted my priorities, right? I kind of wanted to think about things I wanted to do and things I wanted to cover, you know, with the show, because this show is like such a big part of my life, right? And I'm like, well, what do I want to do? You know, I've talked the, I've talked to the ends of the earth um, about UFOs, right? And then there's some other topics that don't just, just don't interest me. Right. But there are some things that I'm like getting into or getting back into, which I'm having a lot of fun with. Right. And I thought, what is so great about this show is that we bring on so many different people from different fields. We have people who are experiencers, right? We have podcasters, we get, you know, authors on, we get television personalities on here. You know, we get, all kinds of folks on here, folks, people, just all kinds of people. And, you know, that's what I wanted to do with the show, right? I was wanting to create something where we brought together all these different people from all these different specialties in these different areas and talk to us about what they have experience with, right? And I thought that was really cool. I, I didn't think about that for a while, right? But I sat and I thought about it. I was like, we get all kinds of cool stuff. We get you guys calling in the listeners. You guys get to be a part of the show too, because you guys are listening because a lot of you have had experiences or you guys research this stuff too. And that's why you're here. So I forgot, I got sad for a moment. I forgot how cool, how cool this whole thing is. It's pretty damn cool. And you know, I've been getting into, and you know, I figured tonight, we could talk about something, you know, that I'd been into for a while. And we haven't talked about because I'm on this ancient thing, you know, ancient site thing, kind of getting back to, I don't know, like kicked off last Monday, right? We were kind of talking about the pyramids with that whole, uh, what the hell is that thing called? Spirit science thing, right? And then I started thinking about ancient aliens, right? Because we've had a couple guests on lately who are um, who are on ancient aliens too, right? So I'm like, I kind of thought about ancient aliens, but I kind of think differently. I think is is are these ancient signs actually ancient a- alien theory or ancient astronaut theory? Perhaps it's interdimensional, or perhaps it was like the Atlanteans, or perhaps it was just us or another advanced civilization. It was somebody, right? But it's like, I got to go back. I had to refresh the old memory on a lot of these things because I, when I went full UFO, right, I went full UFO there for a couple of years. So I didn't talk or look about it, look around at any of this stuff for a while, right? It's been a while. And I'm sure maybe for some of you too, right? Because it's all kind of connected at the end of the day, right? So Spooky says, um... Have you seen the Grand Hancock series on Netflix yet? Yes, I'm about, I have two episodes left. That's kind of what we're talking about tonight, at least the first kind of parts of it. We're going to be talking about some of the sites uh, from the beginning of the show tonight because I haven't had a chance to finish it yet, <laughs> but I have two left. So don't spoil it for me, guys. <laughs> uh, Dad says, I'm a Scorpio, almost like a curse, how others perceive my unique path or experience. You know, as a Scorpio, I agree with that. I agree with that, Dead. I feel like Scorpios, we're a little different. We're a little different. 
We have interesting paths, don't we? So, yeah, so we're talking tonight, and and then, yeah, so I guess we talked about spirit science, what kind of got us into this whole pyramidal Atlantean talk, right? And then we moved into this, and then a couple days later, I saw Graham Hancock and uh, Randall Carlson on Joe Rogan. Graham Hancock was talking about his new show, Ancient Apocalypse, Here We Are. It's And then last night, we had Mike Ricksaker on, and we weren't even supposed to talk about Egypt. And last night, we ended up talking about Stargates of Egypt. And, like, he's trying to get me to go to Egypt. I want to go, guys. Do you guys want to go to Egypt? We just need, like, $5,000 plus an airplane ticket per person, and we can go. But, no, so I, I'm kind of, like, back to thinking about these ancient sites, right? Oh, what? Why is Big? What is Big Willie doing? Let's see. Chad Smith. What up, Chad Smith podcast? Hanging out with Big Willie on StreamYard. You guys should call in then. What? Now we got Big Willie there? Call in. I'm talking about the Grand Hancock show. Call in. Wait, hold on here. You guys all call in on one phone line. Can you do that? You guys want to call in? It's 949-427-0771. You're watching. Aw. Sylvain says, Dead, I'm surrounded by Scorpios. They're the best people and friends I know. Aw. You guys can see my face right now. You're always watching. Big Willie's always watching. He said, We are always watching. <laughs> but you can't see me so it's fine i'm watching you how do you know i'm not watching you spooky says i just finished a series today brilliant so you guys can call in after the break if you want or you guys are gonna watch or listen to me while i do this so let's see where are we boom 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 but yeah so here's the thing right it wasn't like i planned for mike to come on and talk about egypt but yeah, but he he was actually planned to come on last month and do a Halloween show, but scheduling conflict, so we moved it. We ended up talking about Egypt. So, which brings me back to all these things, right? I wanted to get into the pyramids, we, and then we're getting into ancient sites. Everybody's seen this Graham Hancock show. That's why I'm like, you guys, should, somebody should call in and talk about this with me. But one thing, right? I was like, I want, here's the thing. Here's the thing, guys. With UFOs, right? I've never seen a UFO. I tried. I mean, like an actual UFO, like a freaking flying saucer or triangle, right? Or some stuff. Aw, Sylvain said, this is true. Love you guys all. And we love you too, Sylvain. And Big Willie, I'm watching you right now. I'm watching you. <laughs> so Chris Jones hasn't seen it yet. It's, um, I don't know if I'll spoil it. I'm just going to kind of talk about, I'm taking some talking points and my thoughts from the show because you know what i like about this stuff right too is um i don't know if you get you guys probably don't know this because i don't talk about this but um one thing i really like is looking at the construction of these sites and the layout of these sites right because i i don't know if you guys know this because i come from a construction background right 
So one thing I used to do was I had to figure out the history of a site and utilize old prints and drawings um, in order to figure. And, and sometimes in more modern times, I was able to use satellite imagery. But if the, the site was very old, we didn't have that. Right. So part of my job was figuring out when these buildings were placed, when they were removed, etc. You know, um, and a lot of the times there was no documentation for it. So you had to figure out, you know, get all these drawings, create a timeline. Uh, great part of the job it was a lot of fun and it wasn't quite ancient right but my job was to figure out stuff at least you know from the 1950s till now right so almost 100 years worth of stuff right and it's interesting because you know doing that right i always think about the these ancient sites and how they talk about you know they're always there's older sites within these sites right and that's like the sites that i was working with right there's buildings on there that are much older say stuff from the 50s and there's probably maybe stuff from the 80s maybe stuff from the 2000s um so it's like common kind of construction-y buildy things right i don't know if that's the right word but you know that's just like how we build now you know do we fix up the place or we take the same site and do we tear the thing down no so most of the time you don't tear it down it's either cheaper to build and restore it and add to the building instead of tearing the whole thing down. And that's, you see common in a lot of these other sites around the world. Right. So I know at least where I was working or the industry I was working with, right. They didn't really want to spend money on creating a new building. So what they would do is just renovate the old building. Um, even though sometimes it would even cost more, but it was less of a pain in the ass of tearing down a whole building. So similar situations, these buildings were built over generations as well, right? Like like all these ancient sites. So this, like for me, right, it's also interesting in that sense where you're looking at these things as well. If you guys are saying anything. Apollo 11 says, I'm not saying it's aliens, but... So ancient astronaut theory, do you guys think it was aliens? Was it aliens? Like Giorgio Sukolo says? Eight, right? Don't they say it? A dead GPK says, so the Great Pyramid isn't four-sided. So I question why it's many-sided and it's only seen from above. Because it says they slightly go in at a slight angle, right? And that it's... um. And that there's eight sides. I wonder if I can get a top-down view that I can share with you guys here on, on YouTube. I know I'm on this like pyramidy thing, guys. It's pyramid. I mean, we, we're all kind of on it, right? We've all we've all been interested in this stuff before, right? We've all wondered who built them, why, and not even just the pyramids. All these ancient sites, right? Let me see pyramid top-down. Who wants? Does anybody want to go there? I know some of you have been to Egypt, but who wants to go? Anybody want to go in February? Let's see. Let's see if I can get a top-down view. Hard to see from there. Let's see. Um, maybe if somebody can find a good top-down view, they can share it. Because you can hardly see it in a lot of these pictures, that it goes in just a little bit. Yeah, Apollo 11 says, Graham Hancock shows interesting, been watched it. Yeah, I have like two more to watch, two more.
Yes, Chris Jones, I would agree with that because that's the site. It determines uh, future uh, the size of the site determines uh, future uses for sure. Uh, there, Brian Patterson brings it in. He says, eight sides is right, only seen in the photo on the spring equinox. Got it. I know. I can't go either, Chris. I'm trying to see if, like, uh, if anybody has money and wants to go. I don't have money. But I'm like, can we raise some money? Probably not. It's a lot of money. So, aerial view um, pyramid on... Let's see if we can get it here. Oh, there we go. Let me see which one of these looks great here. Hmm. That one looks pretty good. Can you see it in this one? Kinda? Or is this one a little better? Let's do this one. Link too slight in that one. Hold on, guys. I'm trying to find a good one here. Aerial pyramid view on Equinox. Here we go. I found a good one. Here we go. We're going to take a look at that if you guys are listening on YouTube here. Ready for some pyramid action? Oh, sweet. Thank you, Dead. The thing about Discord, too, guys, is if you have Discord, right? You share links. You can't share links. You cannot share links here on YouTube. Let me take that down. So this says, despite what you may think about this ancient structure, the Great Pyramid is an eight-sided figure, not a four-sided figure. Each of the pyramid's four sides are evenly split from the base to the tip by very subtle concave indent indentations. Like it's very, very subtle, right? But it seems too, right? You can't even see it with the naked eye when you're um, you're looking at it. it. Appears flat. So thank you guys so much for sharing those pictures so we can look at it here. I don't know if I can make that bigger. Can I? No, I cannot. So Chris Jones says uh, I got a lot of tickets, so maybe yeah. You know what? I'll get one too. And if uh, the universe wills it, then maybe we can go. Maybe we can go to uh, Egypt. I'd like to see this stuff. I guess my point with it, right, too, is like, I'd like to go see this stuff. You can't go see a, you can't see a UFO, right? You can't go see. <laughs> Lady Ace and Jelly Spoons. The Spring Equinox View. Yeah, no, it's interesting, right? Isn't it pretty? Here, let me share this for you guys. Boom. There's another one for you. I can do this. Hold on, guys. It's all like clickety click, 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 right? Here we go. Um, yeah, so you can kind of see it there. It's very advanced. That's why I'd like to go there and look at it with my own two eyes, right? And take pictures and kind of see what. Uh, you know, right? You're probably you're probably right, Chris, because if he says the indent makes it stronger and allows for the marble casing that used to be there, and I'd really like to see. I mean, I know that people put um, 
the uh i mean there's probably pictures online where they've uh done like artist recreations of what it looks like but i'd like to see I'd like to see it how it how it appeared right how it really appeared and dead gbk says perception is key yeah because if you don't see that from that angle you're not going to see that I know. What are we playing? Yeah, you tell me. I'll buy in on that too. Uh, and we'll all go. We'll go with Mike Ricksaker and he'll take us around freaking uh, Egypt. It'll be cool. We should have won that damn Mega Millions last week. Well, and speaking of uh, that, let's take a quick break here, ladies and gentlemen. Don't go anywhere. We've got a quick commercial break. We'll be back here on KTLK. Digital Broadcasting, the Fringe FM. This is the Jess Rogi Show on Fringe FM. We'll be right back. My name is Alex Exum, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. Musicians experience a lot of frustration with music marketing and promotion. They have no idea how to get their music heard, and they're spending hours sending emails, making phone calls, and hitting up their friends to promote them. With our industry-powered digital marketing platform, we can set up your media plan in minutes. Our team will automatically distribute your music across all the best channels, so you can focus on actually making the music. Submit your music today on our website at mymusicpromoter.com. That's mymusicpromoter.com. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now, the Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. What are you doing late nights? Join me, Jess Rogie, the host of The Jess Rogie Show. We have a new show title and a new time slot. Become part of the show by calling in and joining in on the conversation. We'll discuss a wide variety of topics, including everything from consciousness, conspiracies, current events, fringe topics, pop culture, and so much more. Let's see where the night takes us. Join us live five nights a week, Monday through Friday at 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern. Right after Lighting the Void with Joe Rook on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Listen, as we explore the mysteries of the universe, the unknown, high strangeness, consciousness, and our human potential, Lighting the Void is an eclectic program that strives to ignite the late night with stimulating conversations. Join us on The Fringe FM.
tired of talking about the weather? No shift. Well, Shift Happens is here to fulfill your desires. As you reach that point in life where you crave tantalizing conversation about reality, ufology, the occult, and the conspiracies within, while simultaneously finding yourself desperately in need of your very own theme music, which we've got plenty of that too. So be sure to tune in to Shift Happens every Friday night from 7 to 9 Pacific, right here on The Fringe FM. Because the weather sucks, and you need some theme music. Have you suffered in silence or experienced stress from a paranormal experience? Even if it happened 20 years ago, when thinking or talking about it today still makes you feel sick to your stomach or makes your heart beat faster, or you suddenly can't breathe. Maybe you even feel those old familiar signs of a panic attack trying to reach the surface. You could have unprocessed emotional responses. Those reactions of terror and trauma are no different than living through a horrible assault, childhood abuse, or a terrible car accident. It can be nearly impossible to find help. The very instance of seeing a ghost or encountering a cryptid could be clear described as seeing or hearing things that aren't there. You could be considered psychotic, or at best, you're just not taken seriously. Out of a growing mountain of research, the National Institute for Integrative Healthcare showed that 8 out of 10 veterans who completed just 6 one-hour EFT sessions no longer tested positive for PTSD. If you've had paranormal trauma, you can contact Metaphorical Archaeology by calling 214-995-3754. Again, that's 214-995-3754 for a discreet consultation. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back live on KTLK Digital Broadcasting. Sometimes I time it just right and it's so satisfying. We're talking about the pyramid, we're talking about Egyptians, we're talking about ancient sites tonight. Let's stop in the chat. Wait, hold on. Let me turn this video off. See what you guys are saying here. Ooh, I got an article for you. I'm going to read Dead, GPK. He says, how about Egyptian things claimed in Arizona in the Grand Canyon? Very interesting rabbit hole. I have an article. We're going to talk about it. I'm going to talk about it here. Let's see. Christian says, I want to go to Egypt and stay for a month or two and get to know the locals and see things tourists don't know about. Also, you want to, like, embed yourself. I get it. I get it. Ryan Patterson says Valley of the Kings. That would be cool. I would love to go to the Valley of the Kings and the Osirian Temple. I just want to hang out there. I want to I want to go to the museum. I want to check it all out. Um, Chris Jones says walk the banks of the Nile and get a feel for the place. You know, in some of these tours, they do do like a Nile cruise uh, portion of it. So I thought that would be really cool. You can just kind of like imagine yourself in the Nile back in the day. Um, Brian Patterson says, Sedona is very cool. I like hanging out in Yavapai County. I don't know if I said that right. I've been to Sedona. I went uh, two two years ago this February. 
Um, and I had a great time. I thought it was a really interesting place. It felt very much like a mountain, small mountain town, but uh, it was very serene. Uh, the rock formations are gorgeous. You get some gorgeous drives there for sure. Dead GPK says Grand Canyon is beautiful. Really, it's a marvel. Now, I haven't been to the Grand Canyon in years. I would think I'd like to go back and look at it. It's like one of those things you just want to look at every once in a while, right? This is when I need more tea. I like to have hot tea. What is up, Angel Wings? Uh, Four Corners. Has anybody been to Four Corners? I also want to ask you guys, right, as we're going through this, um, I know some people have, but has anybody been to any of these sites anywhere? Like, has anybody in the chat been to Egypt? Has anybody in the site chat been to any of these South American sites? Um, or the sites of Mexico? What? Brian Patterson says, if you ever go to the Grand Canyon, keep your eyes open for an older man with an orange and blue backpack. He feeds the birds. They say he's a ghost. Ooh, interesting. Interesting. Let's see. Brian Patterson says, Taos, New Mexico is way cool. I have not been there either. So let's talk a little bit about, so is there an ancient tomb? Egyptian tomb in the Grand Canyon. So this article comes from Ancient Code. Dot com and it says over a hundred feet from the entrance and this is from the original article that was uh, published in, uh, in an Arizona paper it says over a hundred feet from the entrance is a uh, is the cross hall several hundred feet long in which are found the idol or an image of the people sitting cross-legged with a lotus flower or lily in each hand the cast of the face is oriental and the carving of the cavern. This idol almost re resembles a Buddha. Surrounding this idol are smaller images, some of them very beautiful in form, others crooked-necked, distorted shapes, symbolically probably of good and evil. All of this carved out of a hard rock that resemble marble. And this article says, many authors, including David Hatcher Childress, wrote about the discovery that, according to many, the evidence is of an extremely advanced civilization that once inhabited parts of the Grand Canyon. This a lengthy, a lengthy front-page story from the Arizona Gazette on April 5, 1909, gave an extremely well-detailed report of the discovery and the evacuations of the rock-cut vault, allegedly led by one of the professors, um, Professor S.A. Jordan of the Smithsonian. Let's see here. The entrance of the cave. Okay, the alleged cave is filled not only with artifacts not native to the region, but also Cyclopean architecture is nearly inaccessible. According to the reports from the Gazette, the entrance is 1,486 feet down the sheer canyon wall above a shelf, which is hidden from view from the river. And there's the mouth of the cave. Then there are steps leading from this entrance, some 30 yards, um, what they believe when it was level uh, with the river, uh, the passageway, the main passageway into the cave is about 12 feet wide, narrowing to nine feet towards the further end. And here's a quote from the article. It says, 
about 57 feet from the side of the entrance, the first side patch it, I'm sorry, excuse me. The first side passage branches off to the left or and right, along which on both sides are a number of rooms the size of ordinary living rooms, though some are about 30 by 40 feet square. Um, and these are entered by oval-shaped doors and ventilated by round air spaces through the walls into the passages. The walls are about three, three feet six inches thick. So it talks about the Buddha of the canyon, which I read about earlier. Let's see. It said it is a depiction of a figure sitting cross-legged with a lotus flower lily in each hand. The idol resembles Buddha, though most scientists are not certain to what religious worship it represents. Taking into consideration everything found thus far, it's possible it resembles the ancient people of Tibet. They also said there's mysterious hieroglyphs, hieroglyphs, according to the article, carved on the urns over doorways and tablets of stone or mysterious hieroglyph hieroglyphics, the key to which the Smithsonian Institute hopes to discover. The engravings on the tablet probably have something to do with the religion of the people. Similar to hieroglyphic, similar hieroglyphics have been found in southern Arizona and some pictorial writings only uh, some among the pictorial writings only two animals were found and one of them looked prehistoric and it says undoubtedly a good many thousand years before the christian era a people lived here which reached a high stage of of civilization and it says the chronology of human history is full of gaps What do you guys think? Was there an ancient city there? Were there Egyptians? Were there people who left Egypt? Did they live there? And when did they live there? Let's see. Ooh, okay, so let's see where people have gone. So uh, Brian Whitaker says, I've been to Stonehenge. I'd like to go to Stonehenge. I'd like to do like a UK kind of like a UK trip and check out all those spots. Brian Patterson says, Full Moon Saloon in Sedona. Yeah. I had pizza there. It was pretty good. Uh, Angel Wink says, We have an actual four corners in my state, and I can feel all the crazy energy. I drew through there very fast. Ooh, another place. We should go to New Orleans, too. Chris Jones says, The most mysterious place I've been to is New Orleans. And it sounds mysterious. I'd like to go there. Let's see. Dad says, I went to Four Corners before a uh, spot a long time ago. Oh, I have not been there. Brian Patterson says, I, I don't know, El Malpais, Amapis, E-L-M-A-P-A-I-S of East Flagstaff is way trippy. Lava flows, volcanic glass everywhere. It was open to the public a few years ago. I haven't been out that way in a long time. Um, when I was a kid, though, my dad stopped and he took us to, um, let's see if I can find it here. And this is quite interesting if you guys have not seen this. Um, it's in Arizona, too. It's the crater in Arizona. Meteor crater. And, uh, God, I went there quite a few times as a kid because we go on road trips, right? Trying to see if there's like a picture of it and they kind of explain it. But like it's this huge freaking hole in the ground from when a meteor freaking hit, right? 
and you can stand and look down in it and it's freaking massive man I, I don't i don't know i mean at least as a kid it was massive i assume it's still massive now you know but i don't know this is like like a mini grand canyon i don't know let's see if i can show you guys here if you guys want to see this real quick Ooh. Brian Whitaker says, I love the Big Easy, best week of my life. The ghost tour was chilling. Yeah, I'd love to go there. I just, I guess you need money to travel. That's like the thing, right? <laughs> so if we can get that part settled. Don't work. So this is the, um, the crater in Arizona. I think you can basically look that up. You can drive off the beaten path and see that there. But yeah, it's a pretty big crater, and it's from a little meteor. They have a little chunk of the meteor at this little welcome center that you can check out. And I believe it's, um, I don't know where it is, near Winslow, Arizona. So if you guys want to check that out, if that's your kind of thing. But yeah, I think it's, you know, it's nice to get out and go look at sh stuff. <laughs> Thank you, Jojo Bones says, good show. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Chris Jones says, uh, they have a first century BC Roman Rex found in the Gulf and the ancient Chinese anchors off the coast of California. So yes, they were trading with someone. Yes, I agree with that, right? And they said too, the Vikings have been here in North America, right? Um, for a long time as well. A lot of people have been seafaring people, right? What weird? Angel Wing says the Four Corners isn't just Four Corners either. Those crazy people built a mini town in a strip club. Weird. That's probably some weird strip club energy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, so these little roads, I mean, I'd like to go on vacation, guys. I like to check out some of this stuff, right? Because there's all these places around our country and around the world that have all these different things, right? These uh, different sites, these different energy spots, right? Like I always say, you can research all the heck you want about a UFO. You can read all the hell you want. You can read all day. You can talk to people all night. Uh, Christian says, it's the desert I want to see in the four corners. Ooh. But, you know, we have a lot of interesting sites here, too, in the United States. You know, too, I want to talk a little bit about, like, vortexes and portals in this show. Probably in the second hour as we kind of move through it tonight, though. But, you know, we have a lot of sites here. A lot of the ancient native sites, too, have been kind of washed away or decomposed or broken away. Because a lot of them were wooden, right? And uh, we have things like the Serpent Mound in Ohio, and I wanted to ask, I don't know if any of you guys are from Ohio or if any of you have been there, but I'm kind of interested. If you guys haven't heard about the Serpent Mound, they do talk about it on uh, Ancient uh, Apocalypse on Netflix with Grant Hancock. Um, it's been talked about on Ancient Aliens, too. And I'm sure if you've kind of been into these ancient things and you've heard about Serpent Mound, right? What are the mounds for? We don't know, right? But if you're not from the United States, you might not know this story. It's about Serpent Mound, and it's um, it's this big... I had a picture of it. I should probably show you guys if you haven't seen it. But it's this big mound. It's like this huge thing, like kind of... 
I don't know if it's made out of dirt, but it looks like a big snake that's uncoiling on the top of this little hill in Ohio, right? And they said from the tip of the nose to its tail, it's about 1,427 feet long. And it was originally described in 1948. Uh, the body of the serpent was five feet high and 25 feet wide. So this is a pretty big. And so they excavated it back in the 1800s, right, with by this dude named Frederick Putnam from Harvard University's Peabody Museum. And he revealed the structure of the earthwork, but he did not find any artifacts inside the mound. So he couldn't figure out who made it or what the year uh, or what the age of it was. But they recently said that the Serpent Mound was built by this culture, the Adena culture, since two Adena burial mounds are located nearby. But if you guys watched uh, Ancient Apocalypse, they wouldn't let Grant, Grant and Hancock, uh, Graham Hancock go there. They wouldn't let him they wouldn't let him in because they said basically they didn't want him to like, you know, talk about the history of it. So in the, in the show, he's, he's locked out of it. Right. And he also says he doesn't believe that it's this Adena culture. The Adena culture uh, dates back between 800 BC and one and uh, AD 100. But <clears throat> they also said there's a Fort H culture burial mound at the site as well. And that culture dates back to 1000 AD to uh, 1650 AD, which is much newer, right? But then, so it's hard to say, too, because you can't say just because close to this site, right, is this other culture, so they were there at the same time. No, right? People move around, and we don't know what the landscape looked like back then, which would be interesting, right? <clears throat> But yeah, so it says there's 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 the another Adena site rear, just south of the Serpent. So they also did another excavation in the 1990s, uh, 1991, which found charcoal, which they were able to radiocarbon date back to about uh, AD 1025 to AD 1215. But here's the thing, right? I, I don't think we can use, and I'm not an archaeologist, right? But the radiocarbon dating, how accurate is it, right? We have to, I think they have to be able to find things that are able to date these things a little better. I mean, it can kind of give us a general idea, but what interests me about a lot of these things too, and even we're talking about, um, we're talking about Egypt, right? We're talking about these sites too. And we talked about it with Mike last night and even Grant Cameron talks about it. this is snake, um, symbology right and uh, they say like is it is it energy right the serpent and it says serpents are a common feature in the art of the late prehistoric period which is ad 900 ce to ad 1650 it says many american natives in the eastern woodlands believe the great serpent was a powerful spirit of the underworld and they said some believe Serpent Mound may be the representation of these beliefs. And the head of the Serpent Mound is aligned with the setting sun on the summer solstice, and the coils uh, are possibly aligned with the summer and winter solstice, as well as the equinox rises. See, I found that interesting, right? Because you think it's just a wiggly snake, right? It's just like, oh, maybe they just did that for, for aesthetic reasons. But no, it lines up with stuff. So why does it line up with stuff? Why did people care so much about these alignments? 
So it says these alignments support the idea that the serpent mound had a ceremonial purpose, right? Have you guys been there? Have you guys seen Serpent Mound? I'd like to hear what you have to say as I try to pick bring up a picture of Serpent Mound for those of you in YouTube who have not seen Serpent Mound. I had pictures. I didn't bring them up. Serpent Mound in Ohio. I figured that's an easy one. We could do like a Serpent Mound trip. Let's go to Serpent Mound, guys. Here it is. I have this nice like aerial kind of footage. Not footage, but shot. You? Hey guys, are watching. This is a video, or not a video, but an image of a Serpent Mound here. I know a lot of stuff was was lost, right? A lot of stuff was destroyed, and I think that's um, sad, right? So we lose all this history because of that. So this is Serpent Mound for those of you who may not be familiar with it, right? Because you always think, oh, there's ancient stuff in other places. But no, I think everybody's got their ancient stuff. Also, if you guys are from somewhere else, another country, I know because... I'm from the U.S., so I'm going to talk about the U.S. and some of these spots, but where are your ancient spots? Have you guys been to them? You can see, like, these, those coils of the snake. So this head here, right? Yes, it's a sky view of it, right? And there's a lot of pictures you can see of it, too, that are from the ground, but as um, a lot of people say, the trees have really grown up a lot around it, so it's hard to see, but this is an older picture here. So this here, if you were able to look at this from the ground, right, and this goes this way, this is the head of the snake, right? And this points to the sun at the sol summer solstice. In the summer solstice, it would rise. I don't know if you can see my little mouse pointer So I do this, right? Can you? Yes, you can. Okay. Yeah, so out here, right? And it would go this way, so you would see that there. And then here, right, so these these different wiggly waves here, right, so these each point are where the sun rises, right, or sets, or I'm sorry, the sun rises on the winter solstice, the summer solstice, and the equinoxes. So they're not just wiggly wigglies. These things point. That's where these things are pointing, right? So clearly, whoever built these, was it aliens, guys? Was it aliens? <laughs> but, you know, whoever built these, right, they kind of had an idea of ast astrological alignment and things like that. So let's see what the chat's here. Uh -huh. Here. Yeah. Okay. So Chris Jones says in every community out in the boonies, they have a story of a place not to go there. And those are the places I want to see. Yeah. We have that even here, right? We got a place up in the, um, in the hills here where they have a place where you're not supposed to go. Right. And there's stories, there's stories, all kinds of stories about what goes on out there. Mm. But yes, Chris, there, there's all, there were all kinds of mounds across the U S and they were plowed. A lot of this stuff was destroyed, right? for farms you know because we had the mound builders here in the united states 
And it's been a long time since I've talked about mound builders. So I'm going to have to do a little like reading before we can talk about mound builders again. But a lot of this stuff was destroyed in the name of progress, right? But no historians were, a were able to look at this stuff and record it um, prior to its, you know, destruction. They didn't care. They're just like, whatever. Some cotton or whatever the hell they grew. See, Brian Patterson says, I haven't seen uh, haven't seen them on the ground, but I've seen the sky serpent above Bell Rock in Sedona. What can you do you have a link to that? Or is that what I look up? Sky serpent in Sedona? But yeah, let's see here. What else? Of course. Of course. Christian says a lot of history it was lost is because white settlers brought civilization to America. They did they bring civilization to America or they brought their or they forced their culture upon America. I don't know if they brought civilization. Anything that contradicted that went away early on. And I think that that using the term that they brought civilization, the people here, you know how we, what makes you say they? I mean that kind of says they weren't civilized before that. Um. Let's see. Uh, Brian Patterson says, I'm really close to Pahuk Hill within a mile. And Wikipedia and that are, um, I can't read that word. Oh, we are, oh my gosh, guys, we are on a top of the hour break. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, the Fringe FM. My name is Alex Exum, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. Musicians experience a lot of frustration with music marketing and promotion. They have no idea how to get their music heard, and they're spending hours sending emails, making phone calls, and hitting up their friends to promote them. With our industry-powered digital marketing platform, we can set up your media plan in minutes. Our team will automatically distribute your music across all the best channels, so you can focus on actually making the music. Submit your music today on our website at mymusicpromoter.com. That's mymusicpromoter.com. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in paranormal talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. What are you doing late nights? Join me, Jess Rogie, the host of The Jess Rogie Show. We have a new show title and a new time slot. Become part of the show by calling in and joining in on the conversation. 
We'll discuss a wide variety of topics, including everything from consciousness, conspiracies, current events, fringe topics, pop culture, and so much more. Let's see where the night takes us. Join us live five nights a week, Monday through Friday at 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern. Right after Lighting the Void with Joe Rook on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Listen, as we explore the mysteries of the universe, the unknown, high strangeness, consciousness, and our human potential, Lighting the Void is an eclectic program that strives to ignite the late night with stimulating conversations. Join us on The Fringe FM. Tired of talking about the weather? No shift. Well, Shift Happens is here to fulfill your desires. As you reach that point in life where you crave tantalizing conversation about reality, ufology, the occult, and the conspiracies within, while simultaneously finding yourself desperately in need of your very own theme music, which we've got plenty of that too. So be sure to tune in to Shift Happens every Friday night from 7 to 9 Pacific right here on The Fringe FM. Because the weather sucks and you need some theme music. If you suffered in silence or experienced stress from a paranormal experience, even if it happened 20 years ago, when thinking or talking about it today still makes you feel sick to your stomach or makes your heart beat faster, you suddenly can't breathe. Maybe you even feel those old familiar signs of a panic attack trying to reach the surface. You could have unprocessed emotional responses. Those reactions of terror and trauma are no different than living through a horrible assault, childhood abuse, or a terrible car accident. It can be nearly impossible to find help. The very instance of seeing a ghost or encountering a cryptid could be clear described as seeing or hearing things that aren't there. You could be considered psychotic, or at best, you're just not taken seriously. Out of a growing mountain of research, the National Institute for Integrative Healthcare showed that 8 out of 10 veterans who completed just 6 one-hour EFT sessions no longer tested positive for PTSD. If you've had paranormal trauma, you can contact Metaphorical Archaeology by calling 214-995-3754. Again, that's 214-995-3754 for a discreet consultation. Back live on KTLK Digital Broadcasting from Japan. I'm Jess Rogi, and this is the Jess Rogi Show. Just live five nights a week, Monday through Friday, here on Fringe FM. I'm so glad you guys could hang out with us tonight. We're going to have a fun conversation. Talking about some ancient sites, talking about ancient stuff. I just want to remind you to hang out tomorrow night. We got Chris Holm joining us, and he's going to be sharing his um, paranormal—not paranormal—his um, his sleep paralysis experiences. So, if you guys have sleep paralysis sleep paralysis experiences, and you guys want to call in tomorrow night in the second hour, 
we are going to be doing open lines, so call in and share. So tonight, first hour, we talked a little bit about Serpent Mound, talked about some sites in in the United States. We talked a little bit about the um, the Egyptian artifacts that were said to be found in the Grand Canyon. And, you know, a lot of these sites and these places, right, we talk about these energy sites and these um, parts of the world, and that's why we think a lot of these things were built where they were, right, because of these natural energy sites. So in this part of the show, we're going to talk a little bit about something. So a few years ago, I did like this you know, you get on these deep dives. I took a lot of notes and I, I started looking into energy sites too, right? As I was talking, looking into these ancient sites and, you know, I like to break everything down as small as possible and look at it and then look at it again, right? From a more expanded view. So when I was looking at these sites, I kind of got into this, I, I got into this thing and I've mentioned it before. And I don't know if you guys have remember, but I talked about the omphaloses, right? And we talked about the energy parts of the world. So some part, some of these places are marked by these stones. There's several places on earth that are that claim to be the center of the world, right? And some of these places are like uh, Cuzco in modern-day Peru, right? Or the Sumeria city of Iridu uh, in modern-day Iraq or um, Allahabad in India which is also believed to be their creation point of the universe. So, but what is the omphalos, right? The omphalos is also known as a sacred stone that has a geodetic meaning as a geodetic point on the master grid. There's also a story, a mythological story. And if you guys think, right, and what we've been saying is like, where did these myths come from? Are they based on something, right? So this myth talks about the god of, uh, the Greek god Zeus, who sent two eagles from both ends of the world. And these two birds began their flight at the same time, and they kept flying until they met the middle of the way. And where they met was the omphalos. So one interesting thing is that the omphalos is, you know, like meaning the, is the navel, right? And it's thought to connect the earth through an umbilical cord uh, to the universe. So it's a connection, an energetic connection, right? And so these stones are omphalos stones. Where is it? Omphalos, if you guys see here on the left, it kind of looks, I don't know, kind of like a roundish triangle. Yes, Christians, like a ley line anchor to hold the energy, right? So they have these stones, and I got a bunch of, there's all kinds of pictures if you type in omphalos. But yeah, that's kind of what one looks like. I'm not sure exactly which one this is. Uh, Pinzer says, I need to know, remember what time you're on. And yeah, tomorrow we're talking sleep paralysis, so it's going to be interesting. Well, Brian, maybe we could save that for Thursday when we're kind of doing an open lines kind of thing, if you want to save that question. But yeah, I've done a lot of shows talking about that um, you know, psychic thing. But tonight we're talking about the omphalos. So what's cool, right, too, is they said the omphalos are this energy and these omphalos stones, right, were said to be allowed direct communications with the gods. 
and let me see if I can have the picture here, but they have the Omphalos of Delphi. Do you guys know what Delphi is? The Oracle of Delphi? They said they would sit on the seat over an opening of the earth and they would inhale vapors from the earth and get these visions, right? Kind of like a hallucinogenic thing, right? And they would concentrate on the vapors that would come through the earth, allowing the oracle to become intoxicated and would bring information from the other world. So Delphi was revered throughout the Greek world as the site of the Omphalos stone, the center of the earth and the universe. Let's see here. We have a lot of Omphalos here. I got a lot of talks about the Omphalos, guys. Oh, here. Let me show you this Omphalos of Delphi so you guys can see this. Yeah, did a lot of research about this. Super interesting. Let's see. <coughs> yes, Chris Jones. Chris Jones says, I have Delphi on my bucket list. I would also like to go to Delphi myself. I'd like to really honestly try to hit a lot of these ancient sites before I kick the bucket, you know. I start, I'm going to start now, right? So here we go. Here's the envelopes. So this is, um, check it out. I mean, so the shape is very similar, right? But they're, um, this one's a little more decorative here. This one here, this is the envelopes at Delphi. That's actually the one we have here. Boom. Right. But they didn't really know what it was for, right? So they kind of guessed, right? They said, this egg-shaped stone was described by the Greek writer Pausanias, who visited Delphi in the 2nd century AD. The original little omphal of stone is now lost and probably in an archaic cult-like object, it says, which was wrapped probably with wreaths resembling the wreaths carved on the one I just showed you guys, right? Christian says, I think you like the weather there more than Egypt. I'm kind of scared of the Egypt Egyptian weather, honestly. I'm like, February seems like it kind of might be a good one. But uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe we should just go to Greece. Go to Delphi. Let's do that one. We'll do that trip. Oh, there's the mythological story there. Ooh, Brian Patterson says... Um, my son recently returned from Cusco at higher elevations, 15K. Children haven't really seen other people, so they think you're a demon. Wow. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> Brian Patterson says, anybody been up to Chimayu up north of the Santa Fe healing site? The Adobe Chapel is really incredible during the Holy Week when the Hopi are drumming up. Uh, there truly a supercharged space and drumming right that that also has like an interesting like energy to it too right when you get in those drumming circles the site later known as delphi was a sacred place inhabited by the earth goddess gaia the great mother of all guarded by her child the site the serpent there we go serpent again guys python 
some so what well, people wonder like what was it is it just a rock that kind of holds energy because that's what some people say right that like it's a marker of the navel navel of the earth right of an energy center of the earth the omphalosis says some have explained it as a funnel for the fumes caused by the oracle of delphi to get visions while others suggest that the stone was given to Kronos by the Greek goddess Rhea to thwart him from eating Zeus's new, their newborn son. The word omphalos or batilus, batilus um, is the Semitic origin of Bethel. Many of these stones existed in antiquity and they're considered sacred, mainly res uh, related to the cult of a particular god looked upon as a biting place or as symbols. So it's an ancient godlike stone, right? Yeah. But so it says there's several of these sites, right? And this is according to ancientwisdom.com. Uh, according to a lot of these sites, the term earth navel was applied to several sacred locations of the ancient world. And generally, these sites were accredited with the title following their development into a sacred or special site, such as Delphi or Jerusalem. And in certain cases, the original name of the site was contained in the translation has the word navel. And the word Cusco, right, that city also means navel. It appears then that certain sites uh, were given the status during construction. The mythology of Cusco recalls that the city was located by the children of the sun, Tianwaku, Tianwaku, according to the pre-designed rituals. So let me give you some examples, right? There's oracle centers. There's um, examples of earth navels. So another example is Easter Island, which also, I guess the name is, T Pito T O T Hanua, which means the navel of the earth. It says Jerusalem, the capital holy land of Jerusalem, is called Earth Navel. Delphi contains Omphalos, which is believed to mark the center of the world. Eridu in Iraq means mound of creation. Ankar Wat, uh, the banyan in the network of the temples, Ankor was described as the Omphalos in Angkor's a Stone Cosmos, another one, Karnak. The Omphalos was excavated in the sanctuary of the great temple of Amon at Karnak, and it supports the Greek tradition of doves flying above Delphi and Karnak. Also in Mecca, it says the center of Islam, the location of the Kaaba, the black stone in which, according to Islamic tradition, fell from the heaven during the time of Adam and Eve. And it is said that Abraham found the black rock and he built he rebuilt the Kaaba. Archangel Gabriel brought the stone out of hiding and gave it to him. Another one is Alihabad, India, um, which uh, is considered a mythical creation point uh, of the universe. So these are all omphalos centers, earth centers, right? And there's also oracle centers, right? Um, which these, uh, the earliest, uh, Karnak and Thebes. So you see a lot of this stuff is in these ancient worlds, right? In Karnak and Thebes, it says Karnak is the mother oracle to all the other oracle sites. And there's an Omphalos there. Of course, Delphi, Greece. 
which is the most famous oracle of ancient Greece and regarded as the center of the world. Also, Siwa Oasis in Libya. Its rich history includes a visit from Alexander the Great to consult with the oracle of Amon back in 331 B.C. Another is the king of Persia who led an army of five of 50,000 to destroy the oracle. So back in the day, right, people were really into these oracles, right? We're going to have a guest on that I believe went to Delphi and is going to talk about it when she comes on. So we're going to find out. Oh, what? So Angel Wing says, no incoming solar flares. I'm out of my cell signal. Same with the internet. Gotta go. Well, I hope it gets better. Hope it gets better. Yeah, I didn't know there's any uh, kind of solar flares going on right now. But what's interesting, right, is these areas are all over the place. So does that kind of, what is about the placement, right? So we talk about these geodetic placements of these oracle centers and then these stones, right? Is it all, it's all kind of tied together, right? The energy and um, these oracles and these seers. Because we had a question about like seeing, right? And tarot. Well, for me, I'm not really into tarot. I'm, I'm actually just like a, a kind of a medium. And yes, I can use tarot um, as a tool of divination. But I can use a lot of other things too, and I don't actually. And sometimes I don't need a tool of divination as well, you know. So it's just uh, so yeah. That's uh, my story, I guess. I forgot who asked that question. Let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Somebody asked that question earlier. Uh, Brian Patterson. So that was my answer to Brian Patterson's question about tarot. So let's see here, guys. So there's a lot to talk about with all this omphaloses, the navel stones. Let me see the sibyls. What are we going to talk about next, guys? Hold on. But yeah, so you see, there's a lot of these energetic places around the earth, right? There's, I'm, I lost my note here. Okay, here we go. And so it's going to tie back into, we talk about these energetic centers of the world, right? And whether these are kind of true or not, I can't really say, but these are what some people call the chakras of the earth, the earth's major vortices, right? Where we have energy spirals. Um, and a lot of you guys know about the, uh, the, the uh, vort vortexes at, um, the vortexes at Sedona, right? And I'm sure a lot of you have actually been there, right? And a lot of you might have been to uh, what a, an energy center called uh, Mount Chakra, Chakra, Mount Shasta up in Northern California. And they say that that could possibly be like uh, the crown chakra. Or people also say it's also known as the root chakra. Um, I don't know about that, but I'm reading it off this website. I haven't been there, so I can't tell you. The um, third eye chakra is centered in the Himalayan mountains, apparently. The throat chakra is in Glastonbury, England. If you guys have any comments about that, let me know. The heart chakra is centered in Maui, Hawaii. And this says, uh, let's see, Mount Fuji is the solar plexus. 
the Sacral Chakra, Lake Titicaca, Peru. Root Chakra, Ayers Rock, Australia. So the Earth's major vortices, Sedona, right? So if you guys have you guys been to Sedona? It's a very interesting place. Let's see. Pythia. Oh, thank you, Brian. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I had to go up there and look. So yeah. Yeah, thank you. No, and uh yes, Brian, it's because I don't talk about it much. It's uh that whole psychic intuitive kind of thing. Um we uh what happened was uh I guess we'll kind of sidetrack here for a second because I gotta open my notes uh during the break. But uh yeah, I talked to Jim Hunt the other day and I kind of got a little inspired, right? Talking to him. Jim Hunt is a psychic medium we had on last week. And, you know, I've been very private about this, my most of my podcasting life, and I've only mentioned it here and there on some shows, depending on the guest, right? Usually it's a psychic where I'll, um, I'll mention it, right, or they'll mention it, just because it's uh, the whole thing is takes one to know one, right? And so you can see the other ones, right, even if they're acting like they're not. So they call me out, talk about it on the show. But I met up with Jim a little bit before the show last week, and we had a little chat. Called me out immediately, right? We'd never spoken before, and I was like, "Well, yeah, yeah, Jim, I, I know what I am. They know what I am. I said I've said it, but I mean, I don't say it all the time, so you guys don't know." And uh, he's like, "You know, we talked and we chatted, and I said, well, why don't you do anything with it?'" And I said, "Well, I don't know." Thought about it, right? And I was like, well, why don't I? So I went on this whole thing for days. Well, why don't you do anything with it? So because you had a, you know, you did it years ago and it was just kind of like you had a bad experience with the people. What is the point of it all, right? Point of it all, right, is, is it not to help people? Is it not to pass on messages when needed? So I thought about it, right? Because what he did for me is what I can do for other people, right? He passed on a message for me from my mom. Just, you know, something simple. But passing it on, right, reminded me. You know, even as a sensitive person, yeah, you know, right? You know. But sometimes you can't quite see it, right? And just having that other person say it, right, gives you that, that validation, right? And so you're like, oh, yeah, for sure, you know, and it makes you feel better and it makes you feel comfortable, right? And it was kind of the same thing as he called me out, like, for my abilities and, you know, and I said, yeah, I know. But why didn't I talk about it, right? Why didn't I talk about it here? Why don't you guys know? Well, because there was a time when I first started podcasting on a podcast you guys can't find anymore, but I did talk about it. And I was very open about it. And we talked about things like the Oracle of Delphi. Um, and uh, what happened was I wanted to get into UFOs. I wanted to go hard into UFOs. I wanted to go into the nuts and bolts aspect of it. I wanted to go into the governmental side and the document side of the historical kind of any like hard kind of thing you could 
talk about, right? So if I was like, oh, I'm Jess, I'm like a psychic intuitive medium, I'm natural, you know, I've been born like this, I've been like this my whole life. Um, but I also want to talk about nuts and bolts UFOs. So it didn't match what I was talking about. So I said, you know what, I kind of decided to just kind of keep it quiet. But I think moving out of the UFO community, right, and kind of talking about these ancient sites and talking about more consciousness-based things and kind of realizing that it is something that I can do, right? And why am I not doing it? Why am I not helping people? Well, right now I, I kind of see that I'm I'm probably called to go do this, right, again and help people just because of my personal experience and just kind of being able to help people kind of close and heal a little bit and move forward, right? It's, um, that's part of my mission, right? And I know that. And talking to Jim also kind of confirmed that for me too. It's not about like, ah, reading your mind. It's about passing on these messages from loved ones, you know, that you need to hear. But sometimes you can't hear just because you're sad, you know, and, and that's it. And, you know, and I've been on some shows where they're like, well, I don't believe in psychics. There's no psychics that are into UFOs, but I, I believe you me, there's a lot. There's even a lot listening to this show right now. You know, I know a lot of us have these abilities. They're just abil it's just normal human abilities, right? Some people are just easier to connect to them than others. They're not magical. Or maybe they are magical, but it's just part of being a person, right? But yeah, so that, that, that's my whole spiel on that. But yeah, so we're kind of like, you know, moving into working with that space again. I'm still grieving right now, so I'm not quite, quite ready. But soon, but soon, you know, we'll start opening the doors to start helping people, right? And we'll be doing those like in private, um, kind of Zoomy type thing, Zoom, Zoom meeting things. Yeah, let's get back to these, um, well... We've talked about the omphaloses. So, energy, right? And these spots. Oh, no, wait, I have one more, one more. So, positive spots, right? We're talking about those positive spots, and those positive spots are like um, the chakra points, right? But what about these other points? There's these other points on the earth where they have these ley lines and where they cross, and sometimes there's these things called the vile vortices, I don't know if you guys have heard of the vile vortices, but I find them quite interesting. So apparently there are 12 vile, vile, violent, apparently there are 12 vile vortices and the term vile vortices was coined by Mr. Ivan T. Sanderson, who created the catalog of the vortices. And he described the sites as a home to explain disappearances and other mysterious phenomenon. So you say, why are these areas in the world have these weird things happen? Why is there an Alaskan triangle? Why is there a Michigan triangle? Why is there a Bermuda triangle? Why is there a dragon triangle, right? Is there like a civilization that's sunk under there or are these just energetic points on the earth, right? And maybe before when we had all these pyramids set up and all these obelisks perhaps that we were able to control the energy more so we didn't have these weird energies in these vile vortices. And I don't know, is freaking Skinwalker in some sort of triangle? Has anybody looked into that? Is there a triangular pattern that goes with Skinwalker Ranch and the things that happen there? 
But yeah, if you guys haven't checked out Ivan T. Sanderson, he's pretty interesting. He likes all kinds of stuff. He's talk. He's like a cryptid guy, a paranormal guy. But one thing he is super famous for is this whole vile vortices thing, right? So I'm gonna let you guess where one of them is, and it. Where do you think it is? It's where things weird things happen, and the most famous one, I guess, perhaps is. Uh, oh no. Well, I guess we'll do this. The most famous vile vortices is the Bermuda Triangle. And so you guys know what happens there. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Bermuda Triangle and the 11 other vile vortices. So stay tuned, ladies and gents. We'll be right back here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. This is The Jess Rogie Show, and we will be right back. My name is Alex Exum, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. Musicians experience a lot of frustration with music marketing and promotion. They have no idea how to get their music heard, and they're spending hours sending emails, making phone calls, and hitting up their friends to promote them. With our industry-powered digital marketing platform, we can set up your media plan in minutes. Our team will automatically distribute your music across all the best channels, so you can focus on actually making the music. Submit your music today on our website at mymusicpromoter.com. That's mymusicpromoter.com. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. What are you doing late nights? Join me, Jess Rogie, the host of The Jess Rogie Show. We have a new show title and a new time slot. Become part of the show by calling in and joining in on the conversation. We'll discuss a wide variety of topics, including everything from consciousness, conspiracies, current events, fringe topics, pop culture, and so much more. Let's see where the night takes us. Join us live five nights a week, Monday through Friday at 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern. Right after Lighting the Void with Joe Rook on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Listen, as we explore the mysteries of the universe, the unknown, high strangeness, consciousness, and our human potential, Lighting the Void is an eclectic program that strives to ignite the late night with stimulating conversations. Join us on The Fringe FM. Tired of talking about the weather? No shift. Well, Shift Happens is here to fulfill your desires. As you reach that point in life where you crave tantalizing conversation about reality, 
UFOlogy, the occult, and the conspiracies within. While simultaneously finding yourself desperately in need of your very own theme music, which we've got plenty of that too. So be sure to tune in to Shift Happens every Friday night from 7 to 9 Pacific, right here on The Fringe FM. Because the weather sucks, and you need some theme music. If you suffered in silence or experienced stress from a paranormal experience, even if it happened 20 years ago, when thinking or talking about it today still makes you feel sick to your stomach or makes your heart beat faster, or you suddenly can't breathe, maybe you even feel those old familiar signs of a panic attack trying to reach the surface. You could have unprocessed emotional responses. Those reactions of terror and trauma are no different than living through a horrible assault, childhood abuse, or a terrible car accident. It can be nearly impossible to find help. The very instance of seeing a ghost or encountering a cryptid could be clear described as seeing or hearing things that aren't there. You could be considered psychotic, or at best, you're just not taken seriously. Out of a growing mountain of research, the National Institute for Integrative Healthcare showed that 8 out of 10 veterans who completed just 6 one-hour EFT sessions no longer tested positive for PTSD. If you've had paranormal trauma, you can contact Metaphorical Archaeology by calling 214-995-3754. Again, that's 214-995-3754 for a discreet consultation. We are back live on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, the Fringe FM. Tonight, guys, we've been talking about I mean, maybe we did talk a little bit about the pyramids and a little bit about construction here on the Fringe FM. This is the Jess Rogie Show. We talked a little bit about the Serpent Mound. We talked about Ompelos. Now we're talking about vile vortices, guys. I'm excited. I love talking about this stuff, guys. You know, it's like, like I said, you can only talk about UFOs and ghosts for so long, but you got to get into some of this stuff. Let me see here. I've taken my glasses off because uh, my eyes hurt, but let's see. Brian Patterson's, I believe, Egypt and the possible the Temple of the Sun on Serpent Island have a strange reoccurring, reoccurring theme in a lot of journey work that is left untapped. I need to do it. Yeah. Ooh, Chris Jones says, I feel a connection to Rome. That's why I don't want to go. So maybe, Chris, right, you had a bad experience in Rome, right? So you're like, I don't want to go. But like me, right, when I think of Egypt, right, the only thing I really want to feel is I have this image of like standing on stairs, right? And it's like, I just want to feel that the sun on my face there. And it's like kind of all I want to feel. I want to go there and I feel like be at some temple, not sure which one. Maybe the Valley of the Kings there. I want to be on the steps and I want to feel the sun. Right. Interesting. Right. So. But yeah, I think all these interesting things, right. We all have these connections. We'll have to do like we got to get a past life person on here. I've been kind of trying to find somebody who's a good past life person. Maybe I wonder if Jim will come on and talk about it. Well, let's get back to these vile vortices because I can I can go on a thing. I can go on a side thing right here. So another where are the other two places? So this is 
we're the Earth's energies and this electromagnetic thing, right, that happens that's natural, right, that can cause these weird things to happen. So two of the vile vortices, one is on the North Pole and one is on the South Pole. So that makes sense, too. If you think of that toroidal field, then, of course, like, that energy is kind of just going through the center, right, because it looks like a big donut. And then um, also he also says there's also that five of the vile vortices are located along the Tropic of Cancer and the other or Capricorn and the other five are on the Tropic, uh, the, uh, Tropic of Capricorn. He said these interests began for Sanderson's when he, when he started beginning uh, his studies and travels in the 1970s, he noticed that there were particular regions on the earth that were attracted to that attract strange phenomenon. These vortices included on his list were known for disappearances and strange appearances of lights and UFOs. So let me show you guys uh, this picture here so you can see where they actually are centered and located, right? Hold on. Uh, this button here. But you can see, right, they're just kind of in a line here, except for the, um, the top two. Hold on here. That's my hold music for you guys. Hold on. So for the visual, so if you see here, right, these are the vile vortices, right? So it would be the North Pole, the South Pole, and then here, one, right, here. This is Bermuda Triangle, right? One here, one here, and here by the Dragon Triangle. Down here, one down here, down here. So it kind of goes with that whole grid type thing, right? Let's see here. Let's get that little picture. Brian Patterson says, past life work is really interesting, and that's what it's about. Yeah, we need to get a past life person on here, like a specialist, because I can talk about things I've read, but uh, I'd like to get a specialist on here. So the Bermuda Triangle is best known of the via vortices, Yes, right? You guys know the that one, right? Then the uh, Algerian Megalith in Timbuktu. And the Indus Valley is the city of Mohenjo-Daro in Pakistan. The Hamakulalia Volcano in east of Hawaii. The Devil Sea in south of Japan. The South Atlantic Anomaly, the War from Basin. The Egypt Easter Island Megalis. And remember, if we were talking about the Easter Island earlier, that is one of the places that an Omphalos, right? Uh, the east of the Rio de Janeiro, the Loyalty Islands, and the North Pole. Why these places are home to mysterious remains are an enigma. But Sanderson and other paranormal hunters have come up with different theories. It says, and like I showed the map, right? It says what's interesting is these places are kind of these places are kind of like equally spaced apart. And some of the researchers said um, they're not random, right? So these places show patterns. Nothing yet. Brian Patterson says those are interesting points. I was looking for sky alignments on those. Nothing yet. Yeah, no, that's what I kind of wonder, right? Oh, Brian Patterson, I realize you're Brian V. Jess. You did mention the elf earlier. Shaking my head, Jess. 
Um, but yeah, so what's interesting is they're very equally spaced, right? So what does that mean? Are the it's just are they connected to the ley lines? Uh, because I think they are connected to the ley lines, and the ley lines are where ancient people built these monuments and other structures to harness this power. So these spots, right? Maybe these spots are missing their little whatever their granite rock thing or whatever the different things are that kind of connect this power and hold it. Closing the earth chakras, but hidden portals within the earth. Let's see. Something with, let's see. The vile vortices and hidden portals within the earth. Because, right, if you talk about, there's portals, right? So there's natural portals all around the earth, right? And there's also like these man-made portals. And there's a lot of these places like there's, um, hold on, gosh darn it. Um, there's uh, South American. Hold on, hold on. Hold on, 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 you talk about stargates. We talk about portals. We talked about stargates a little bit last night with um, with Mike Brecksecker. And I'd like to go to South America too, guys. And so I want to talk about the stargate. And I have a lot of notes about this, but I wasn't prepared to talk about it tonight. But we're going to talk about it anyways. Uh, Aramu Muru. It's um, if you guys don't know, if you don't remember, dig back into your ancient aliens. Um, brain there and you might remember it but it's a doorway that's carved into a wall right a big stone wall and the story goes right it was named after a priest right and the local inhabitants called this doorway they called it the gate of the gods <laughs> i just realized that was you <laughs> brian Hope up it's Brian Patterson here, not Brian V. Uh, when you mentioned Elf, I was like, oh my God, that's Brian. Duh, Jess. <laughs> Ooh. See, so Brian's getting into this deeper thing. He says the link says that the show, uh, that they show at degrees of correlation with planets at different times of the year. So there's this big astronomical, astronomical, astro, 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 astrological, astrological, astrological connection to these sites. So I would like to see which sites line up with different things. And two, does that mean too? Can we ponder? Because we don't know. And how do we test? Right? Do these sites become more active once these star alignments um, line up? And so we talk about this door, the gate of the gods, right? It's this huge freaking doorway carved into the side of this rock mountain, right? And it's got a doorway that's kind of T-shaped, right? Circles at Zenus. I don't know what that is. Type that in. Let's see. But let me finish talking about this gateway of the gods, guys. 
So the story goes, I don't know if they have it here, but the story goes, like, a guy walked through this, like the guy, the priest, Ramu Muru, walked through this doorway and went to another land, right? And then it closed, right? So that's what you can see now. And the size of this thing is like 23 feet square, right? So that's 20 feet square around, 23 feet. twenty, And the little alcove is about six foot six. So it's about the size of a person, right? And this doorway is carved, yet it goes nowhere. There's nothing else there. It's just carved into the wall. So if you guys have not seen this, I'm going to show you because it's so interesting. This is why I say sometimes, guys, we got to look at what's going on here. No, I think you're right. Brian Patterson says, I'm going to look into this. I bet you there's astral projection portals in these loops above us. I think so. And I wonder if when these things happen, it would make it easier with these alignments to do these kind of portal like... Uh, astral projection let's see so this gateway of the gods right is it actually just some sort of stargate right so it says here's the story for you it says the the amaru muru priest served at the temple of the seven rays at this time in his life the spanish were conquering much of south america and in order to escape his death aramu muru mura escaped with several priests into the gate of the gods upon arriving at the stargate he took out a golden disc where did he get that golden disc well apparently according to the legend the golden disc dropped from the sky and upon receiving the golden disc he placed it into a special recessed area at this point the doorway opened up and he passed through the doorway never to be seen again thus it's named after him right the priests that fled with him reported the event, and in their statement, they said the doorway opened and Aramu Muru disappeared into the tunnel, and they believed he went into the world of the ancient gods. And also, I think we were just talking about this too. I saw somebody type it. In Bolivia, they have the Gate of the Sun. A structure carved out by the Tiwanaku people thousands of years ago. The Gateway of the Sun stands about three meters tall and is carved from a single block of stone. It was rediscovered by European explorers in the mid-19th century and the megalith was lying horizontally and had a crack going through it, right? And so if you guys have seen this, so they've kind of mushed it back together, right? Um, and so they believe that the stone figures have astronomical connotations that resemble human-like beings with their wings and curled-up tails. Furthermore, they appear to be wearing rectangular helmets. The sun god in the center is sculpted with sun rays emitting from his face in all directions. And he also appears to be holding a staff on each hand. Could this structure also represent a stargate? So it kind of makes you wonder, right? We have these different gates and we different, oh my gosh, are we just flying out of time here? Uh, Brian Patterson also says, I'm going to throw this out there, but I bet there's hand mudra keys to unlock these areas. You know, I, it would make sense, right? That you could do these hand mudras and it would connect you. It's all energetic, man. Like when I was writing these notes, I was like, it's all about the energy, man. Like at the base of it all, good or bad, right? It's about the energy, right? These 
Like there are the, there could be these stargates or even if they're not physical stargates, right? Are they places where our consciousness can more easily connect? Even we were talking about that a little bit yesterday with Mike Rexeger, right? Are these places where you can meditate and, you know, connect easier um, or get out of body? Hmm. I wonder, uh, Brian says, I wonder if there are more revealed during their specific elliptics. In such case, Ophisarius would be approaching November 29th through December 18th. Oh, the bags? Oh, the bags? You want to talk about the bags, Chris? What is in the bags? We should do an episode. What's in the bags? Because everybody has the bags, right? The, um, the Anunnaki have the bags. Little handbags. Who else has the bags? Even the Aztecs have the little bags too. What are the bags for? That's what I want to know. What do you guys think the bags are for? Were they little like energy things? Were they so they could time travel? Oh, oh, the snake, the snake. I can't say it. That Ophi Seashus. But the snake eating its tail, right? Are we going full circle? Ah, we are full circle now. It's true, Brian. All goes in a circle. Isn't that beautiful, though? We go from the envelopes to this, to that. Oh, man. Interesting. Isn't that interesting? I need to learn my astrological stuff. We're going to be getting Navier on here. I don't know if she's going to talk a little bit about astrology or she's going to talk because I believe she's been to Delphi as well. And I kind of want to see if she wants to talk about that as well. But we're planning to get her back on the show here real soon. I would like to go to the Valley of the Kings, guys. If anybody wants to go, let's get some money together and go. I think it's safe, right? Is it safe? I want to see those, like, big-ass statues carved into the side of the mountain. Like Indiana Jones, man. I want to go there. Indiana Jess. What about mushrooms, Brian? You want to talk about mushrooms? We could talk about mushrooms, too. That's a whole nother episode if we talk about mushrooms in ancient times and now. Totally different. Totally in a whole nother conversation. So tomorrow night, guys, Conspira Theory, Chris Holmes is going to join us. He is going to be talking about his sleep paralysis experiences. So if you've had sleep paralysis experiences... You might want to listen or if you want to know more about them. He's had them and he's seen some beings, guys. Yeah, and the pine cones. So Brian Patterson says they're holding pine cones. So do their pine cones, like, is that, a lot of people say, does that represent the pineal gland, right? Or is it, are they just holding pine cones? The Sumerians, the Mayans, they have the bags and they have the pine cones. What does it mean? Chris Jones says, I got the lotto ticket, so let's hope we win. Let's hope we win, Chris Jones, because we need to go on vacation. We can do a cool, like, vacation, listener vacation. Let's all go. Uh, Sylvain says, do you think the pyramid can stop my neck pain because it's starting to get worse? Oh, no, Sylvain. I hope that your neck feels better. It must have been hurting for a couple of days now. 
got to stretch it, my friend. Heat and ice. Me too, Brian. Oh, mushrooms in the bag. Huh? Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. You know, we're going to talk about that stoned ape theory. Oh, shit. We should, huh? Thursday night, maybe we'll talk a little bit about stoned ape theory because now Brian's got me thinking about it. If they had mushrooms in the bags, how were they going around saying, like, say they were, you know, if we go with the whole post uh, uh, Younger Dryas thing, right, that we had uh, somebody, people's going around and uh, helping people build, uh, build, and what else, and uh, domesticate animals and start agriculture. What if it was? What if it was a stone ape theory? Maybe they gave them mushrooms and then they started to figure things out. Boom. It's always about the mushrooms at the end of the day, right? And then Friday night. So Thursday night, maybe we'll talk a little bit about that because now I'm kind of digging it. Mushrooms and ancient cultures and stoned ape theory. And then tomorrow night, yep, we got that Thursday night. We're going to do a little open lines thing and talk about that kind of stuff. Maybe, I think, a little bit of Sumeria. Who wants to get into that? I think that'll be fun. And then Friday night, we got Big Willie, and he's going to be talking about the mysteries of, like, Michigan and all disappearances, the triangle there. Also, second hour, we will be taking calls from him. So if you want to call in, ask Willie a question. I know he's going to love it. He's going to be really excited to take questions. So, no, I thought it was a lot of fun. I love going over this ancient stuff, guys. It's like it's like spreading our wings and diving into new stuff, you know. Not new, I guess, but stuff we've looked at before, kind of refreshing. Oh, Chris Jones. Thank you, Chris Jones. He always says this, and I'm always loving it. He says, we're here for whatever you got. And I'm so glad, and I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. You know, because we can't always talk about the same stuff, right? There's there's so much to talk about, so much to explore, so much that's been hidden, so much that's been lost to history or lost in the name of improvement. But I think, too, you know, in order to move forward, right, must we we should look back too and see where we come from the people that we come from if you guys see like how much we've changed right and just like our thoughts have changed in the last like since like the 80s to now and like how humans have changed right so how much have we changed over these thousands and thousands of years the kundalini oh brian says uh kundalini Oh, for she us, the uncoiling of the snake and the unquind uh, and uh, we can talk about the kundalini. If you guys want to talk kundalini on Thursday, we can do that too. Ooh, Brian Whitaker, save that thought. He says, I think there's a lake monster in Michigan. Save that thought, and we're going to ask Willie about that because he's he's going to be our specialist. <laughs> so let me give a thank you to everybody hanging out tonight i did not check the fringe fm discord so i'm not sure how many of you are in there but thank you guys for hanging out we did not go to mixcloud tonight i'm not sure if anybody's going to mixcloud anymore honestly thanks for hanging out brian patterson dead gpk thanks for hanging out chris jones apollo 11 dead gp oh, i said dead already but you know what that choice is good we love you here dead Let's see. Sylvain, thank you so much for hanging out tonight. I know Angel Wings was hanging out too. Thank you, Angel, for hanging out. I know she was getting some cell phone problems. 
Mr. Wally, I hope you were able to stay up, but you might be asleep. Brian Whitaker, have a great night. Thanks for hanging out, Brian. Uh, always love hanging out. JoJo Bone, thanks for hanging out. I know Spooky was here earlier, too. Thanks for hanging out, Mr. Spooky. Pinzer, thank you for hanging out. Good to see ya. See, as we scroll down, did we get everybody? Better type it in now just in case I didn't get you because I'd love to say goodnight to you guys. Uh, this Antonio, who was new. So hello, Antonio. Scrolling down, scrolling down. It's windy here in SoCal. We have a wind warning. Ooh, sneak. Let's see. Oh, thank you, Brian. Brian says, I'm there as well. Been quiet about it for a while. Seems like it's time to get back to it. From what I hear, Brian, that's the thing. I think it's uh, time to get back to it. I think um, I think that's the message that's going out there, right? Time. Time for the real folk to come out, too. Real folk that haven't been out. Good night, Brian Whitaker. Thank you for hanging out. And I guess the uncoiled constellation is the kundalini energy in which we are all releasing, right? So thank you guys. Thank you so much for hanging out. And we'll be here like we are every night, Monday through Friday at 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Easter on the Fringe FM Eastern. Eastern, not Easter. But I hope you have a great night and can't wait to see you guys tomorrow. We're going to have a lot of fun. Sweet dreams or have a great day depending on where you are. Until next time, guys. This is Jess Rogie signing off for the evening. Good night. That was not smooth at all. I should have something a little smoother on the way out. Maybe a little piano-y or something. It's a little ominous for the end of the day. Good night, guys.